0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: believe.
2: Hello everybody, and welcome to another version of Bill Roden, uh, this is Bill Roden on Sports. I'm here at a really undisclosed location, somewhere between Oakland and Cleveland. Mm. Uh, um, that's a mystery but i know where my host and friend the great jamal murphy is murph what's going on
0: what's up man everything's good here in uh, nyc another undisclosed location we can't we can't make it public sorry guys but uh everything's good i know you caught that that uh classic i guess it was classic right classic game last night
3: yeah absolutely I
2: guess it's, is it, is it classic when everybody's pissed off? Yes. If everybody's pissed off, I guess it's classic.
1: <laughs> if, there,
0: if there's something to remember, good or bad, it it could be a classic.
2: Hey, that was a great. What was that you sent, uh, Jamal? That was great. Was, was it a mime? The meme. The, the, meme,
0: the meme. Did oh. you see? Did you see the meme? I don't know if you guys saw it. But, I saw it with uh, uh, Rod coming out. No, when, when, he, yeah, he when when uh, J R Smith gets the rebound and, and dribbles straight to the, the to the liquor store. Oh go no, go I didn't see that. <laughs> 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 he, dribb- he dribbles straight to the liquor that store, was man. jr's
4: on that hand dog, man. <laughs> He's Back on that hand hey, dog. Listen, Stop talking. He's from Jersey now. I'm a Jersey guy. St. Benedict's prep in the house. Exactly. You know, you know not Jersey. <laughs> Listen, Earl Smith Jr. can ball, yeah. Uh, although he hasn't been balling. Freehold yeah. Township. <laughs> I gotta defend. Well, let's, let's just hope he knows, you know, date, place, what score, and time. Oh, wow. Yeah,
0: seriously, you know, seriously, uh, that
3: might be asking too much. Yeah. Well, we yeah. got we
1: got. Hey, Jamal, so what, what, what we got there in the studio?
0: Yeah, we got we got a, a couple of guests in the studio uh, that you've heard before. We got uh, Otis Harper here. He's been a, a guest host a couple of times on the show, a few times on the show. Uh, WBKS.com, he hosts In the Game, uh, 9 p.m. every Tuesday, right? Yeah, WBKS1.com, they call me O-Dog, O-Dog in the house. And then we got Gerard Hector, another uh, another regular from BET.com and Black Sports Online. What's up? What's up,
4: man? How you guys doing?
1: Hey, everybody. What's going on?
4: Excited to be back. Doing hey, oh, well. So, absolutely.
1: So
2: yeah, good. good. good to have everybody uh, in New York City. We're joined by uh, Gary Washburn, the great... Uh, NBA writer from the Boston Globe. Gary, what's going on, man? Hey, Mr. Golden, how you doing? It's all good, man. It's all good. We were talking about how bizarre that game was. You're out there, right? You're in Oakland? Yeah, I'm in Oakland. Yeah. So what, we, what we're what we going to do is go around the horn. There are so many components to this bizarre game that we are going to just sort of go around the horn and everybody gonna talk about what your particular takeaway or your most bizarre point is from the game. And since you just called in, you're out there. Uh, why, why don't you uh, Why don't you go first, uh, Gary? Wow. Um, you know that, that re- everybody gonna talk about the Jr. play, and that was a lot to talk about, um, and it was a boneheaded play. But that reversal of the charge, I think, was really critical, and that's unprecedented. I don't know if I've ever seen a charge block call reverse. And if you have, if the Cavs get the ball, they're up two. Fresh yeah. twenty-four second clock, thirty-six seconds left, um, and a chance to seal the game. If they get a bucket, it, the game's pretty much over, you know the the Warriors would have to have gotten a stop and then score to send the game in overtime. Or maybe you know you could have won it with a three. So that puts the that's the game right there. And to Ben and Durant two free throws to tie the game. I mean that's that was one of the bigger calls I've seen in an NBA Finals game in a long time. I mean, and I know everybody's talking about Jr. and the memes are up and
1: <laughs> it's hilarious
2: uh, because it's Jr. And, you know, but, man, that charge block call, and I do believe it was a block, but right. a, to review it for him being in the circle, he was nowhere close, and then to then – Rescind it and then turn into a start turn into a block from a charge. I think that was one of the bigger calls I've seen in NBA Finals game in a long time. But why did they do that, Gary? I mean, what was the rationale uh, for doing that? And everybody just feel free to chip in. We don't have to. This ain't school. But <laughs> Gary, what, what, what was what was the rationale for them doing that? If it's unprecedented, basically, in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter overtime, you can review calls now. They reviewed whether LeBron was in the restricted circle. He was nowhere close. He was outside the circle. Right. Yeah, it was legal. But once they looked at it, they then reviewed whether he was in legal guarding position to draw a charge, and they ruled that he wasn't. So basically it was, you know, it it was like looking through somebody, looking for – Something you
4: didn't find that, but you found something else. Yeah,
2: that's
4: kind of how it went. Well, well, Gary, what what I think happened. That's how it went. Yeah, I mean the one the one ref called block, the other one called charge, and I think they were like, well, we got to get this right, and they knew the only way they can get it right because you can't review block charge on its own was we can review restricted circle, which they knew he was a full what two three feet away from the circle, but and then once they went in, they found what they were looking for. So yeah, it was sort of one of those. We know we're not we're not going to find what we actually want. You know we're going in for the reason, but we found what we were looking for, which was and the, so the call was correct, right? It was an actual block, but the reason for finding it was it incorrect. Was a
2: block. The contact was hard. LeBron read the play. He wasn't in great position. Right. I mean, it was a. It wasn't. I thought it was a block. If someone could argue, I'm sure Cavs fans would argue passionately right. that it was a charge. Of yeah, get ready. I'm not against that. And, and,
4: and when you have the benefit of seeing replay 9,000 times slow-mo from 85 angles, of course you can figure out that it was. But in the bang-bang moment, you call what you see. I thought in the moment it looked
3: like a charge. Um, Van Gundy and, and um, Mark, Jackson. Mark Jackson both said that he established his left foot which was enough, even though he was moving his right foot. But like Gerard said, once you, once I sat there and watched the replay and watched it over and over again, okay, yeah, there was a little movement. But in the bang-bang moment, he was clearly outside the restricted area. I, too, like Gary, thought that was the key moment of the game. That's a potential five-point swing, minimum four if they score. You run the clock down. Your LeBron was on a high. I thought that really changed the whole tenor of the game, notwithstanding what, what okay. JR did.
2: okay. But isn't the bottom line, all this stuff, getting it right, getting the call right, isn't that sort of what we want? But Bill. We want. To co- we want- the right call to be
3: made, right? What's the right call on a block charge? That's a subjective call <laughs> no. in the moment. Listen no. How many times do we look at a block charge and say a block? it could have been a block, it could be a charge. It's a it's a subjective call no, But according there are rules, the There rep. are rules. There are rules, but in the moment it look you can't tell me in the moment that it didn't look like a charge. We have a passionate cast oh, yeah, <laughs> we have to be prisoners on the moment. Right?
1: In other words, if, so Gail, you were there.
2: I'm sure that I'm sure that when it looked like it was gonna be a charge the, the the place was like kinda like a mausoleum, right? Like, it was probably <laughs> they like they going down, right? It was quiet and people were like, Well what are they reviewing? And I was and we were all like, Yeah, what are they reviewing? <laughs> um, because it was pretty obvious LeBron well, was outside the restricted server. He wasn't even closed. Right,
0: that's that's the Then key. when they yeah, reviewed it yeah. people were
2: like, wait a minute, they reversed this call? And I think, yeah, there's a total element to getting the call right. But man, you know, NBA officiating has taken a beating over this playoffs. Right, rightfully so. They, they they've officials. been bad. And then the and then you know
3: you got this legalized gambling stuff going on. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. that's some the next conspiracy
4: idea. theory. <laughs> that
2: is <a laughs> call that. My goodness, I mean, you're really- snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. You're ne- you are changing the game completely with that call. I mean, let me just before like I forget. I'm I'm, I'm I'm the oldest, I'm the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, again, yeah, I wasn't going to go there until later in the show, you know. But I think you know the NBA really better be very 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 careful with this stuff, you know, uh, because you don't want the public to start wondering, you know. There's already always been this sort of under undercurrent mm-hmm. of stuff, mm-hmm. but. The NBA is so subjective. I think the, the NBA office, official official's office, is in the NBA headquarters. You know, and so with this thing with Donahue a few years ago, you just – the league has to be really, really careful with the thing where the referees play such an important role in this stuff that I, I don't know what they have to be careful about. Like you mentioned, the legalized gambling coming in, uh, I'm not sure what the linkage is. All I know is that, I just keep telling myself, just as a, as a reporter, as a journalist, I don't have spake stake in this stuff except right. I hate the Warriors. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: you, know, but, you know, you just, I don't know, Gary, what, what you thought when you said, you know, about the officials, but, and I don't know what the, what the panel thinks, but I just think the NBA has to be really, really careful with this whole officiating thing and, and the calls getting... You know, seeming to be like you said, Gary. They're almost like like the police and black people. You know, looking for something, looking for something. Right. Um, so again, man, I don't know. I don't want to make more of it than it is. I just think that they'd better be very. Careful. Well, I tell well,
3: you, I'll tell you, they better be careful because see, the second half spread of the Warriors-Cavs last night was plus nine. They call that late foul against Tristan Thompson. Now you send. Um, Livingston to the line, he shoots two free throws. That changes the whole gambling thing. It goes from being an eight-point lead to a ten-point lead, and now people start wondering, hey, why did they call that foul? this you your money on the game, man? No, I'm just saying. You, <laughs> it, no, I'm it's do- a serious, serious no, concern, no, it, it is. especially when you have a history of a, of an yes, NBA official yes. from the past being involved in gambling. They better be very careful about getting involved and taking some I, of these I, profits. I, that's true. I have a question
0: for, for Gary, though. Um, in terms of what the rule actually is, in terms of reviewing the play, because you know Tyrone Tyrone Lu got up there uh, for the press conference and said, you know, he's never he's never ever seen this in the history of the game. I personally had never seen a play reversed, you know, a call reversed like that uh, based on replay. Didn't Durant but, say that happened but, to him last year? Yeah, but but when I when I mentioned that on Twitter, some you know people came back at me and said, what do you mean this happened last series or, you know, get. You know what? What's the actual rule here? You know, just just because I mean, are they always allowed to to uh, go to the replay, and you know, b- you know, based on some other reason, and then actually uh, make a judgment call? You know, re- reverse a judgment call.
2: Yeah, for for charge block, they can always review the restricted area. Okay. And that's what they reviewed. Even though we know that LeBron was nowhere close to inside the restricted area, once they review that, then they can review whether he was in legal. This is a rule that was passed about three years ago. Mm-hmm. He, they can uh, rule that he, whether he was in legal guarding position is what they call it. So they ruled that he wasn't in legal guarding position. Although he was outside the restricted circle, he wasn't in position to take a charge. So they called it a block. That's. the the kind of the tricky thing that's very rarely reviewed or called. It's very, you know, I've seen some goaltending. I mean, I saw a call in the Boston-Milwaukee series where the Celtics' uh, late-game situation, I think they were ahead one or two points. Uh, Last minute, Al Horford released a shot after the 24-second clock. It was a pretty blatant violation but the officials didn't catch it and then they could not review it unless he made the shot so we're like well, why didn't you review it because it was an obvious violation and the officials said we can't review that unless he made the shot so basically that cost Milwaukee because he missed the shot and I think there was an offensive rebound and then like it, it cost Milwaukee 12 or 13 seconds with a chance to tie Mm. And the the officials said, we can't review it unless he made it, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's what they stuck to. So there's some strange rules here in terms of the officials and what they're able and not able to do. Because that's what we usually think, 24-second clock violation, you can easily review it at the center and see caucus and review the play and get it right. They didn't get it right. And they cost the Bucks about 15, 12 to 15 seconds because something they' to get offensive rebound on that play, and I think they missed another shot. So, so Milwaukee had less time to try to tie the game. So that's so not, yeah. these are things that that like you're right, Mr. Rose, you're, you're gonna have to, you, they gotta fix these things. Right. This can't happen.
1: And at least, this, and like,
2: I, le- I'm sure that in the offices now they're saying, what happened last night cannot happen again. Like. We can't have the integrity of our game questioned and challenged by officials who don't know what they're doing.
3: Even okay. Steve Javi in, in the That's NBA true. office did; he couldn't. He thought it was a charge, and they reversed it. So you got an experienced official. That's why block charges. Okay, I get if you want to review for the restricted area review for that, but leave the call the way it is, the way it was called on the court. The, or just, the, cl- or just things need to be clarified. Uh, you know, for the for the refs
4: for the
0: coaches, for the players, well, that, that's exactly and, and going for going the fans. This. You know there, what I'm saying? There needs to be
4: education, and I think everyone needs to understand, right? And stop sort of this mindset of, yeah. oh, this, this foul happened, and this cost us the game. Because what you're doing then is you're assuming, yeah. okay, if that play happened, the rest of the outcome of the game would have been the same way it was the other way. We don't know that, right? What if, Steph Curry made a three 45 seconds earlier. The game can follow differently and end up differently. So we don't want to get away from that idea of unless it is a direct uh, play that ends the actual game and then it's over, then you can go there. But if there's still time on the clock, which there was, and then it went to overtime, you can't be like, well, this is the reason why they lost the game. This was one of these series of events that happened that began another series of of events that caused the loss. But we can't just be like, well, they missed their call. They lost the game on that because we don't know if the game would have played out the same exact way. Let
1: me ask you
2: you guys this. Um, you know, uh this is Bill Roden on Sports. Uh we've got Gary Washburn on the line for the Boston Globe out in California. Uh we've got the great Jamal Murphy, uh we've got uh, Gerard Hector and Otis Harper. Listen guys, I mean, you know, we talk about the rest, but at the end of the day, you know, Golden State, I mean, you know, you know, they not Golden to say but um uh, Cleveland uh, Cleveland had a chance to win. I mean they had several chances to win. So yes, we could debate you know, we could debate um, this, the the, the refs call and all that. But everybody who's ever played high school or anything, the coach always said, "Don't put yourselves in a position where the referee can determine the outcome." Like, let's let's talk about J.R.'s play now. <laughs> watching the game, right? Uh, Heels at the line. No, let, let's start with him, okay? They're at the line, so he had the opportunity to go up, you know, to put Cleveland two two. He missed the two, shot. One, but right, but even with that, J.R. Hill. I mean, J.R. Uh, gets the rebound. Let's talk about that play. Let's talk about that play, uh, Gary, let's, let's, I want everybody to talk about it. Let's let's talk about what Cleveland did to shoot themselves in the foot. Well, I mean, one—it's a lot, like you said, Mr. Rose. There's a lot of layers to this, and one thing can lead to another, can lead to another. The Cavs have yet another chance to win this game. Two free yeah. throws by an 8 free throw shooter, a guy who was in his 12th, 13th year in the league in George Hill. Right. This is yeah. the second free throw. You know, yeah. the pressure situation, he didn't come through. Now, yeah. here comes J.R. Smith, who
1: makes a play. <laughs> yeah, good rebound.
2: hitting a three, and that's the – Jay I don't make many plays. that ain't hitting a three. <laughs> he makes a play. He gets a rebound over seven foot Kevin Durant. Big rebound. And he dribbles the clock out. He thinks he thinks they got it run. He's telling, as I tweeted last night, he's telling LeBron, "Hey, we about to go to Sizzler." Get some honey. <laughs> oh no. Going <laughs> to Sizzler, and it's like LeBron's like, "Hey, fool, the game is tied." Okay, well they are like a lot of us who okay, as I wrote last night, they right. are's explanation sounded like a man who was guilty and <laughs> had a time to come up with an alibi. Uh-huh. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I love that line. Wasn't really, there that long, but so I don't know how they how, I knew he said he knew the game was tied.
0: Right, but, impossible.
2: Which sounds even worse because he said, "Well." Kevin, I didn't want to shoot over Durant because he had already had four blocks. Mm-hmm. Durant actually had three. So let's go to overtime. overtime.
0: <laughs> right, let's go to overtime. I
2: mean, that would make no sense. What if Durant fouls you? Right. Like You, you right. know you think, what Chamberlain we're talking about? Like, <coughs> that might foul
1: you. Yeah. we got a post space.
0: There's there's no right. there's there's no way around it. I mean, anybody who was who's watched basketball, no. played basketball, knows what happened there. You don't you run in that case. The only time you ever grab a rebound and run around like that is well, if you're, you're trying to run out the yeah, clock. Right. And you know, and as you mentioned in your in your uh, in your in your uh, st- in your story. About the game, I mean, it was, he tried to cover it up, and we all know that
3: the you know sometimes the cover up is worse than the crime. And I think I think he made it he made it worse for himself. Speaking of covering up, I mean, all of this nonsense covers up a masterful performance by LeBron James. He goes out, puts up fifty-one points, eight rebounds, eight assists, and all we're talking about is the bonehead play by uh, by J.R. Smith, but, a missed f- free throw by by George Hill, a bad call by the official. That's the takeaway. LeBron, what else can LeBron do? That this was, the, I don't think they're going to get another chance to win a game in Golden State in Oakland. I think this was their best chance. It would have changed the tenor of the series to go up one nothing. Now all of a sudden, you you relax a little bit more. You know you got home court advantage for the rest of the series. Not saying that they would win because, as Girada said, you can't take right. that out to any conclusion. Exactly. But it definitely puts you oh, in yes. a different position.
4: And and Cleveland had a chance of winning overtime. Look, the big thing is in these close games, right? You need guys on the floor that know what to do, high basketball IQ. That is not something we associate with J.R. Smith at all, high basketball IQ. And he's even said it himself. That's bad basketball IQ by me. Yes, we know that. And the thing about pressure situations, which is what that is, pressure just reveals who you already were from the beginning. It doesn't make it right. And so, as the great Jay-Z said, right, you can change, but that's just a top layer. You were who you were before you got here. That is who J.R. Smith is.
0: We should have known he was going to dribble straight to the liquor store.
4: (laughs) You know,
2: okay. so I'm, I'm looking question on, on LeBron's face. Um, I'm watching this game, and I'm thinking, you know, at that precise moment, I'm thinking that's the moment when LeBron says, "You know what? Up this, I'm out of here." Yeah, I, moment, I think so. He said, I'm, "I said I'm 51 points, and I'm putting my legacy in the light in the hands of these clowns."
4: <laughs> Jr. Smith, I'm so out on that.
2: You know. So I, mean, I think if, if he does decide to leave, because I I I I'm not sure who said it, but how many? What else can he do? Is he going to score what 61 points right on Sunday? Uh, and I guess that's the question. Right? Does Does Cleveland come back from this? I mean, this 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 podcast goes up tomorrow. Uh, does Cleveland? Can they come back from this on on Friday? I mean, on Sunday? Can they come back from this? Some people say, well, you know, they're so deflated that they'll never come back. Other people say, well, listen, it's still just one game. I mean, you're supposed to win on your home court. And and the Cleveland Cavaliers came so close that they said, you know what, we can take these guys. What do you guys think? Can they come back from this? Uh,
4: I think LeBron can and, and will do all he can. I just don't know that the rest of those role guys can and will. That was a deflating loss for them. And someone like Jr., you know, uh, that, that's a rough spot for him. Who, well, by the way, care. he has he not been – JR, J.R. I don't care. He, he has not been playing well all playoffs, right. all postseason, all regular season. I mean, last year we had the family situation, which that was the reason why. And, you know, thank God his baby daughter is doing well now. This year's a whole different animal. He's just not doing anything well. And the problem is, where on that bench do you go to find someone to fill that spot? Because it ain't Rodney Hood. It ain't Jordan Clarkson. So, it, And they're not finding anybody off, off the scrap heap nowadays. So this is what they have. So I don't know. Now, LeBron is great enough, I think, that he can – carry these guys and he almost did it last night across the line to win one and maybe Kevin Love gets even hotter another game and they win two but I think this is an untenable situation for them they're definitely losing this series and,
0: and the and the and the key is what was mentioned before about LeBron okay he had, he had a 51 point efficient 51 yes. point game Very it, was, it was 19 of 32 that's not going to happen every day uh, you know, you know, he, he might give you forty right. next game, 40, but on thirty something shots something, next time. You know, or, yeah. or more shots. Yeah. Uh, I think there are professionals; they can bounce back, they will bounce back. Um, but the problem is, uh, you know, Golden State didn't play their best game. <laughs> no. Durant, Durant was what eight for twenty two, right? Exactly. Um, so they're probably going to play better too. Exactly. I think, and I think the consensus is that that Cleveland had their chance. You know, partly because Golden State.
3: You know, didn't play their a game. I'm going to go you have the, to take advantage of that. This is Otis Harper. I'm going to go the other way on that, and I'm going to say Cleveland does come back because the the Warriors have shown the ability to be beaten. They all they should have lost to the Rockets, in my opinion. But the Rockets I did see it in their eyes, I remember? I you, saw it. It was something. I noticed it, too. You saw it in their eyes, I did eyes, see a little okay. something. It was All a little right. twinkle. But no, seriously, I think the Warriors are beatable this year. More beatable than they have been in previous years. I think they're taking winning for granted. They can. You and I, Jamal and I talked about this off-air, and, you know, they sort of have this blasé-faire attitude or blasé-blasé where we could turn it on when we want, evidenced by the fact they keep doing it in the third quarter, but the first and second, they let teams hang around. And they let Cleveland hang around. You let LeBron 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 get off again, I think LeBron's going to go for 40 every night in this series or every game, however long this series goes. Is he going to go for 50? I don't know. I thought he was going to go for 50 last night. I think he's going to go for 45 next game. The question is, will someone else step up? Will Kevin Love be able to get another 20? Will, will JR get 10? Will Nance get 12? You need a third guy to score 12 to 15 points, and you need your role players to play
4: their role. And I think, I think they can beat the Warriors on their home court. They had them beat right there. Well, I mean, look, that's the thing we talked about, right? I mean, that, that Kevin Durant point you made was huge, and that's sort of what's the maddening thing about watching him sometimes so closely. He has these moments where I'm like, Where are you on the floor? Are you even he looked disengaged? So disengaged his shot was off. He just, he just looked like in he La was
0: right. He looked like he was in La La. Yeah. Land. So so Gary, uh, you know, you were you were there up, up close. You were in the press conference in the locker room. What's what's your opinion on that? Do you, how do you think uh Cleveland bounces back? I think mean, Cleveland can
2: bounce back. I think mean, they're a resilient team. I think Lue doesn't get enough credit for motivating his guys. I think they can make game two very competitive. I think they spent some time during that break between each time Conference Finals and Game 1 to figure out how to attack Golden State, and I think they're going to stick to that. And they don't have, you know, nobody has anybody to guard LeBron, but the Warriors just don't. And so LeBron was picking and choosing, and, and the only thing with him is fatigue, obviously. You don't want him to get tired. I think in the third quarter when the war he was getting tired, and um, you want to keep him fresh, you don't want him to have to score 51 points. But you're going to need somebody to score 20, like you guys said, 20-25, someone to step up. I mean, you know, Larry Nance gave him good minutes in game one. I mean, he's going to have to step up. Kevin Love is going to have to play well. J.R. is going to have to, you know, yeah, yeah, what, what, what I feel bad for J. You got to go to church that morning. First, <laughs> if, if you don't go to church already, right, you're
4: going to start. O- o- hopefully, yeah. having no honey the night before, right, though, before
3: he want. goes to church. Do you guys think Jay showed up in the locker room just like, "Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> like, how's everybody doing?" Yeah. <laughs> but, what, but, but, <laughs> like, buh, what's up? What's
4: Come up, on, man? B- Bill, <laughs> a, a, a name hey, we guys, mentioned. A, a name we mentioned. Should Rodney Hood get some burn? I know I just said it ain't Rodney Hood, but I mean, should we be giving Rodney Hood some burn?
2: Uh, you guys I mean, Clarkson is Clarkson is playing awful. I mean, you see the shot he took; <laughs> it looked like he shot. He <laughs> ended up taking a shot, an air ball behind the basket. Mm. So you said, you know, you look at this. His brother is completely out of his element. So Rodney Hood is a legitimate six eight. You know, he's in the doghouse. I mean, I would think. When not you think Gary? That it's maybe about time to let the guy at the doghouse. Yeah, I mean he can score. I mean, you know, but defensively he, he's missed some assignments. There's a reason he's not playing. It's not because they can't use him. Um, so, I, but I think I, its all hands on deck if you're, if you're Tyronn Lue. I just—I think you got to open up the doghouse. You got to let every—you know—you got to let every—you know—you got to unblock everybody off Twitter. You have to use
1: everybody
2: at your disposal. You know, I don't know some people would say Jenny Osmond, the young Euro kid who acts like he's, he's just so excited to be there. You know, he like, he's like he's a kid who got won some kind of, like, contest where he's calved for a day. <laughs> he just jumps around and, and backflips and everything. Let's see what he can do. He, he, LeBron needs some help in this series. These are four all-stars you're playing against. And, and I mean, yeah, Durant was not good last night. Durant was lazy offensively. He settled he for post-ups. He didn't attack the basket. He missed some open shots. They got bailed out by Draymond hitting two threes, which right. was a shock and he was struggling. And then Curry was Curry because, you know, Clay Thompson, of course, as he was, you know, one of J.R.'s faux pas that no one's talking about being there, taking yeah. Clay's leg off um, yeah. in, in, the, in the first quarter. Um, Clay wasn't himself because he was injured. So... You have a chance to steal a game because I just think if you go back to Cleveland, this series is tied at one. Man, that becomes a real the, the, the Cleveland fans then believe they can they can win this series. If you go back o two, then you then you're talking about oh boy, we're going to lose in five again. Right. right, right.
0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and thirty day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports. Check it out.
2: I want to get into what's going on in Philadelphia Collegiate, but before we do that, I, this and this kind of gets into the whole National Anthem thing you know, the NBA is is kind of on this, they say it's on this high. The most popular sport in the world, blah, 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 and all that. So I'm looking at the National Anthem, which well, I mean, I should say this publicly. I've got my own way of dealing with the National Anthem. But I was thinking, okay, all the NBA players, you know, during the whole Kaepernick thing, they were like, yeah, brother, we got your back. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm thinking, okay, you know, you guys are standing there, heart on your thing. Now, Everybody's going to hide behind the fact that, well, you know, it's a rule. You know, it's a rule. We signed a contract. You know, I said, well, yeah, it's a rule that the police aren't supposed to be tasing, you know, one of your brethren in Milwaukee. You know, at what point do you guys say, listen, yeah, it's a rule, but we got some real problems with this. So I'm going to stay in the locker room where you say I got to stand. Okay, I'm going to stand, but I'm going to raise my fist. You know, and then I'm wondering, you know, where this whole little Alice in Wonderland, you know, liberal love, where the NBA starts to disappear, when some of these cats start, you know, raising their fists or some as they're bowing their head, I just wonder if anybody had any thoughts about that? 'Cause I thought about it, and I said, you know, you guys, one of your own gets tased by the police, you know that this stuff is 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 going on. You know, you know, and yet you're gonna hide behind the fact, well, it's a rule, it's a rule. So you know, we're just gonna sit there like you know, good old boys, and not say anything. Yeah, it's a rule. You gotta stay after, but there's no rules. You can't raise your fist. What do you think about that, Gary and and uh, and uh, Gerard and and, and Jamal? So, I think that this sound, might sound silly, but you know what? The the sitting, the going down to a knee. I think that is more okay. That's a that's, when when you you do that in football for the time you are. Um, Pop Warner. Five years away yeah. you start playing yeah. Pop Warner, like. When the coach wants to talk to you, everybody get on their knees. Right, you take mm-hmm. a knee. That is a natural yep. position for a football player.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You don't get on your knee as a basketball player. Right. You don't sit. There. If the coach talk, everybody's standing up. Yep. So I think that knee thing, honestly, was kind of created from like, listen, like I'm gonna sit here. I think Ka- I don't. I think Kaepernick was like, I don't think he said I'm gonna get on my knee. I just think he said I'm not standing up. Right. So. I think with basketball players, do you, like, how do you, like, I think they're kind of like, well, how do we do this? Do we go to our knee when yeah. everybody's standing up next to us? Do we, do, are we the person that goes to our knee? Do we not come out of the locker room? Do we have our head down? Um, I, I just, and, and obviously, Mr. Rowe, you need players in this league who are woke and who are willing to take a chance mess up there, maybe risk marketing money, risk the backlash of saying, I'm going to stand up against this. But the NBA is considered a liberal league. It's considered a league where you know, people are wearing, you know, I can't breathe t-shirts before right. the game.
1: Yeah. People are
2: wearing, people are allowed to make statements and I think the players have said, you know what, I'll stand for the anthem, but if I can do other stuff, if I can do things in the community, if the league is not going to jump me for wearing an Eric Garner t-shirt, I think that's a good trade-off. So yep. that's what I think that the NBA has done, that the NFL has. The NFL is like, no, no, no we don't want you saying nothing about nothing. <laughs>
4: and, no. and, and this is Gerard Hector. And, and Gary, i got to agree with you on that, Otis, before you continue. Sure. The, the NBA oftentimes gets a lot of credit just for not being the NFL, right? right? I mean, let's just be clear about that. Because right. the NFL is so far in one direction, the NBA just gets credit just for not doing that. You know, And I'm not saying guys like Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich don't care about equality and injustice. I mean, from what they say, it appears they do. I don't know them personally, but all I can go by is what they say. But again, it's easy to be in that position when all you really have to do is be like, oh, what the NFL does is ridiculous because the NFL is ridiculous when it comes to these kinds of things. But to your point, Gary, you're right. The NBA allows its players to be outspoken and say things because the NBA is a player's league. The NFL, unfortunately, is not a player's league. It's an owner's league. And the big thing for me that I saw was the Sterling Brown incident in Milwaukee. Because the way the timeline went down for all of that, Sterling had to get his ownership involved, which he did, right? And, and the higher-ups in that group. Mm-hmm. And they went to the authorities and the police and said, look, this is a problem here that we have, and we need to work on this situation. So I think, on the one hand, the NBA is much more progressive and much more liberal-leaning but let's not come out and act like you know they're this pantheon for true civil rights justice. Because I believe mm-hmm. if there was something that would ultimately affect their bottom line, they'd be singing a different and, tune too. And,
0: and they, are, the, the NBA is just as scared on the whole anthem issue exactly. as the NFL is. They, exactly. That's why one one of the reasons they have the rule exactly. in place in the first place. Right. And when when all this was going down last year with Kaepernick. Uh, you know, Silver made statements that, you know, exactly. we want guys to, you know, to stand by yeah, this exactly. rule. You know, they don't want to be quote unquote embarrassed by exactly. by that type that, you know, whatever that, you know, want to be labeled as un- unpatriotic, is. Right, right, and, right. No. even though that's nonsense. Um, but the NBA at the same time, I do give the NBA some credit because, you know, like you said, the Sterling Brown situation, the Milwaukee Bucks came out with a strong yep. statement yep. against you know, against that situation, they they went after the they the got, involved, the Milwaukee, politically. They got uh, involved politically. They got involved politically. They went after the Milwaukee mm-hmm. Police uh, Department. Mm-hmm. Said you know, there's no question, absolutely they're wrong. Something has to be they have to change here. Um, you could not imagine uh, any NFL team doing that, uh, owner or anything doing that. So I think so. I think part of it is uh, it's true that the that the NBA does, is a, you know a more you know like you said in comparison is a more liberal league. Um, but at the same time, players players need to uh, you know
3: need to speak out even more. I think you're, I think if you remember with the Trayvon Martin, they had the hoodies in mm-hmm. Miami, yep. um, the T shirts with Eric Garner. I think something like that, or whatever they decide to do, they need to take more of a a, a visible stance. Yeah. And, and I don't mean stance just by standing up, but you got to do something that people see, something that people acknowledge and say, okay, they're not just standing there for. They're making a statement. It's not just standing there; it's making a statement.
4: Have you guys noticed, by the way, that the beginning of the games, they're playing the anthem again? (laughs)
3: You you know, Bill, that's a great question. As it relates to raising a black fist, Bill, I was fortunate enough to interview Dr. John Carlos on my show. And the backlash that he took obviously was a different time, but he said he was basically blackballed out of track and field. Um, I don't know. I think think it's going to have to be united. If they do it as, as a team, I think they're okay. You know, united we stand, divided we fall. If they do it as individuals, that's where the problem lies. Because, again, it's the same thing in the NFL. the, The NFL players left Colin Kaepernick they hung them out to the drop. For sure. You know, they left them standing on an island where I think it's easier to get 12 guys, 13 guys on yeah. a team to agree yeah. than it is 53. Yeah, for sure. Be- especially in the NBA when you have a tendency to be more like minded, similar backgrounds, similar understandings of the issues. Even if you're not African American or black, you might still have played in those environments where you see some things and you say, hey, listen, I understand this is not right. So I think it's easier to get, but I think it has to be a united front.
1: Mm. hey,
2: hey guys well just a few minutes we've got left uh, and uh, again uh hey Gary, thanks for calling in from uh, from Oakland and uh, of course our, our studio panel um what do you think of um what's going on in Philadelphia, Jerry or colangelo I mean if there's <laughs> there anything that could <laughs> talk, underline the the era, the era of social media is that um Gary, do you think that jerry- Col- Colangelo survives this, all these these hidden twitter accounts uh attacking uh Players on his team, players around the league, the GM around the league. Do you think Colangelo survives this? Yeah, it's Gary's uh, son, Brian. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't think he does. I just think it's a bad look. I don't think all the counter is, but it sounds like they've been leaked to his wife, and he's going to have to go down because of his wife. I just think the lack of trust is now apparent. Um, this is an organization that's been through a lot of embarrassment over the last five or six years with the tanking, and then signing less than you know talented players, and signing a bunch of just scrubs because they just wanted to lose so I can get draft picks. And now they're on the upswing, and this is an organization that now wants to draw a major free agent. I can't remember the last time a major free agent signed. Uh, with the Philadelphia 76ers, it might be like it might, it might be an Elton Brand, maybe ten, twelve years ago, a, a guy who was in his prime signed with the 76ers. Mm. Now they want to get a Paul George. They want to they want to get an interview with LeBron James. You know, they want to bring guys in. They want to bring in that guy to put them over the top. And when you got a general manager who's got these alternate Twitter accounts, bad mouthing his own players, bad mouthing players around the league, bad-mouthing the coaching staff, then you know what, Um, it's a bad look. I don't think the the story that Brett Brown was extended for three years is a happenstance. I think Colangelo did that to try to save face, to say, see, I do believe in the coach. But that news was – just tailed
0: in comparison to these twitter accounts yeah let me say this, this is one of my favorite stories <laughs> in, in, <laughs> really? in a long time i mean it, it was it was fascinating <clears throat> it was it was well reported i mean you get a you get a tip from a from someone who works in artificial intelligence yeah um Jeez. does an analysis on the twitter <laughs> on the twitter uh handle uh you know sees that all five are related they all are very pro uh Co-Angelo, brian coangelo um and you know, I know now that they're reporting uh, some of them may be linked to his wife. I just, you know, I mean, there's no way that your wife is doing all that and you don't know, you know. And th- I mean, it's just th- to me, there's no way, and or you should know. You know who your wife is. The you other factor, of, you know, what type of person your wife. The is. other yeah, factor know. You, is you know. <laughs> where's she getting the information? Right, right, And and one of the one of the You're one right, of the tweets. Exactly. Right, one of the tweets basically uh, laid out the faults the you know, the Fultz trade moving up. Uh, to the first pick in the draft mm-hmm. um, laid it out before it happened okay so th- that's her doing it and also um, w- when they when the reporter first called uh, the 76ers for a comment um, about the, the mm-hmm. Twitter handles he yeah. only gave them two of the handles there were yeah. five he only right. gave them two of the handles and almost immediately all, all went, five yep. went down so what he do is call his wife like hey Uh, Get those, get those, get those those handles down.
4: What what, what do we call that, Jamal?
0: (laughs) Circumstantial evidence.
4: Circumstantial evidence, evidence. and and, (laughs) and people and
0: people love to poo-poo circumstantial evidence, but people, but people get uh, murdered, uh, convicted of murder off of (laughs) circumstantial evidence. And it could have
3: been, it could have been he was using his wife's phone, under the sort of the protection of saying, well, if this ever comes out, it won't be linked. We'll just put it on you. You never know with these guys. But again, this is pillow talk. She, he's obviously <laughs> no he's obviously having conversations with his yeah. wife about the team and, and personal guys health records yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And right and then even you, you have to know and, yeah and, and, and no he does not survive I don't think he survives yeah and, and remember sure. and
0: you brought and, and Gary you brought it up in terms of the dynamic uh the process I mean, all of a sudden now the process is is, is the thing. It's getting yeah, the most. Yeah, it's getting yeah. the most play. Yeah. That was that was Sam Hinkie. Yeah, nothing to do with Klentzler. He Angela. took over for for Hinckley. so there's a there's a natural rivalry there. And in no in those tweets, he was you know he was going after Hickey, talking about he had to clean up Hinky's mess. And all this kind of stuff, and how B he would say BC is a great guy. You, you, you know, you, what are you, you talking about? He had to he had to clean up all of Hinkie's mess. And, you, you, and you wouldn't have
4: no Ben Simmons or, or Joel Embiid if it wasn't M- Hinkie, right? M- I mean. and
0: Embiid was one, was drafted by Hinkie. That's right. So that you know he has to feel some sort of connection to Hinkie mm-hmm, for that. Mm-hmm. So th- I'm sure there's there's a dynamic there where. Where Co.angelo's like, hey, you know, wh- you know, what about me? You know, I'm, you know, I, this process thing is, is over is overrated. I, you know, I'm the one doing the work. And at, like you at, said, at
4: worst case, Colangelo's contract has to have something in there that says conduct detrimental to the team. Right? You can get fired for something like that. This is clearly conduct detrimental because your job as an organization is to put out the best product, win playoff games, win championships. We all know NBA guys around the league talk. OK, there's a reason why certain franchises, I won't mention them on this podcast, don't get meetings from the top free agents because they know I don't trust that dumpster fire organization. Knicks. Uh, <laughs> I think it was obvious. <laughs> right. And Philly, listen, if they yeah. keep this up, Philly's going to be on that list. Uh, we ain't even talking about them. We ain't going there.
3: That's what I was just about to say. It, it, what type of organizational front do you want to put out there do you want to put on a first-class organization or do you exactly. want to become a laughing stock? Exactly. saying we got a GM to have bur- burner Twitter accounts exactly. like what do you, what are we doing here are we <laughs> professionals <laughs> right. or are we not right so bottom line he has to go
2: yeah yeah well you know let's let's, let's leave those losers and go back to the, uh, the <laughs> Bay Area uh, let's go around the horn start with you Gary so what happened you know um, this time uh, Sunday night after after game two Uh, What are we talking about? Uh, Short-term, what happens Sunday? Long-term, who wins the series? Uh, Gary? I think Cleveland sneaks the game. I think they they play with a lot of – they play upset. Um, You know, and the Warriors, you know, they're shaky. And I just think we're starting to see the cracks in their armor. And I'm not saying the run is coming to an end this year, but you can kind of see it losing steam. And so I think they're going to open the door for the Cavs and maybe steal one. I think LeBron comes in um, and plays, obviously, marvelous ball. And and I'm not going to say JR. I'm not putting no (laughs) faith in JR. But I think other guys step up and they sneak out a win and and make this series interesting. But I think the Warriors win in five or six. Okay. Wow. Uh, Gerard. And then uh, Otis.
4: I'm gonna say that the Warriors actually bounce back and play a better game. Kevin Durant, in particular, they actually win Game Two, go up two nothing. But when we get back to Cleveland, LeBron has another bonkers game, uh, Game Three, and it's two one. And then you know I think the the Warriors will then close it out in five.
3: I'm gonna say that the the LeBron comes out, scores another forty plus game, has another masterful masterful performance. If they don't win, it's going to be another close game. I'm going to take the Warriors in seven, but I think the Cavs are going to make a series of it. I think the Cavs are really going to be competitive. They found You start, like like Gary said, you start seeing cracks in the wall, and teams are starting to learn how to take advantage of it. Unless Kevin Durant starts become getting more engaged and really playing to the, his level of capability, I, I think it's going to be a series. I think it's going to be closer than people think. Yeah, I, I think. Well, I think it's no matter how far it
0: goes, and I don't think it's going to go that long. Uh, you know, I originally said sweep. <laughs> I'm, you know, I I could see standing I, by that. I, I'm standing by that. Okay. I, I could see. I could see uh, um, Cleveland. You know, s- stealing a game. I don't know when that when that comes, but you know, but I do feel like even if it's a sweep, mm-hmm. each game. Is going to be, you know, it's, it's, I don't think Cleveland's going to It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle, and a lot of, of what Gary said because they, you know, they they go through these lulls for a quarter. They they come out and they think, you know, they think they have it won. They always play strong in that third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think, you know, um, having having been for some reason rooting for Golden State. Recently, they're they're a frustrating team to root for. I mean, you're, you're like, are you kidding me? Do you, like, do you guys think they're arrogant and too
4: cocky <laughs> when they play? You think I think it, it is a level of arrogance, and, and their arrogance causes them to be overconfident, and lazy.
3: right? Because they feel like they can turn it on at any point. Right. Hence, why they're good in the third right. quarter. Like, oh, we got this. We got four all stars, four potential future Hall of Famers. We're gonna just turn it on whenever we get when, ready. When first half doesn't matter, we'll get them back in the third.
0: Right. And when they don't turn the ball over, which is their problem, when they don't turn the ball over. They're unbeatable, you know. They when they when they don't rob themselves of possessions, and when they are unbeatable. That's what they use. That's what they've been doing in the third quarter, playing focused. And like I said, even even Houston, and I agree with with Gary about you know how they are, they have been shaky. They are they don't seem as good as they were the past couple of years, but they're still winning. You mm-hmm. know, but you know I, I think they're still good enough to win. But they're gonna make every game uh, interesting.
2: Yeah. Well. Well, uh, from my, my vantage point here to Undisclosed Location, um, I, you know, just for posterity's sake, I would like to see Cleveland win because I think that if, if Cleveland wins by LeBron, even the most staunch Michael Jordan lovers, supporters, uh, devotees, I think even the most staunch people will have to leapfrog LeBron James over Michael Jordan because if he takes this group, to an NBA championship, I think there's no way that you can't say he's the greatest
1: of all time.
4: Bow down to the king. You got got to win the game, uh, Bill. That's that's really I'm what on. I'm hoping for. <laughs> that's really what I'm hoping for. So we can end all of this. Bow down to the Kang? Is that is that was that, and, is that what we're saying? I mean, I
2: think, yeah. What do you think, Gary? Yeah? I mean, that, I mean, even 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 Michael's mother would have to, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: anybody, anybody who could take think
2: this group, Mr. All disagreeing with you I think that. <laughs> I think six and zero oh right. talks that speaks volumes. Six and zero oh in the finals, and look, last night they ran this stat. Okay, they ain't telling the whole story. Oh, uh, LeBron tied Michael Jordan for thirty-point playoff games in hundred nine. Right? Okay, very impressive. Congratulations to LeBron for tying Michael Jordan. LeBron did it in two hundred and thirty-six playoff games. 30 point, 109 30 point games you know how many Jordan did far fewer, 179 right. 179 okay almost 56 fewer games he scored 30 points and so you got to look at the resume right I think this is what I think people ask about this Jordan LeBron thing all the time this is what I think having seen Jordan and I don't know if you got you know, some of the youngsters that didn't see him. In his- we, we all oh, saw We, we all saw. saw. I saw. Yeah, we all saw. Man, I go
4: back to Kareem. That's okay. how far back I go. I had, absolutely
2: I, Jordan had Jordan had that uh-oh factor. You knew something was about to happen, especially if he was playing your team. The Knicks, whatever, the Lakers, you, every time he got the ball, you was like, oh, boy, here we go. Every time, right? Mm-hmm. And usually something bad happened for your team. He scored. 100% of the time, got actually. up and under. He dunked. He went baseline and dumped on Ewing and Oakland, whatever it was. LeBron is starting to get that, but he ain't got a fool like Jordan. Right. Jordan made you – made you your heart was beating fast when he got the ball in the fourth quarter. Like, right. I just think that's the difference between yeah. the two. Jordan was just like an assassin.
0: You yeah. Gary, and and, right. and, 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 you know, Gary, I had a
2: – without due respect, all due respect, Gary, because yeah. – Jordan has never had to take a group of these clowns to – he's never had to take a group of clowns to the to NBA champ. I mean, seriously. So, I mean, if he takes this group, this group, and Jordan, remember, he won all his six with one team. Magic. Uh, I, but, but Luke Luke Longley, Bill right. Whittington. Don't, yeah, don't uh, I mean,
4: got, got Scotty
0: Pippen I don't and know, Dennis Rodman. Scottie God, 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 God you, Pippen you, averaged 16 points know, for his career, by, by.
4: the way those
3: look at let me just see I,
2: mean, I got him and Pippen, yes
3: let me just say this about those 30 point game guys. stats hey Gary way to mess up a good story with the facts <laughs> man <laughs> that was a great stat way to mess it up with all your facts <laughs> okay, thanks <I laughs> and also have to roll. wait and, uh, I gotta roll. I just got
2: to...
0: I just got to say, I just got to say, you know, I, I knew this was going to come up. So, I, I got some numbers for you. To, you know, you can't always just live in the okay. moment, okay? You got, you know, uh, uh, LeBron, his career, he's a 27.7 rebound, 7 assist guy for his career. Outstanding. Jordan's career, he's a 30.6 rebound, 5 assist guy. In the playoffs, he was 33-6-6. and 6. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, people people said he just scored. Always oh, shooting no, over fifty percent too. Yeah, not really. And also, and you talk about those stats they showed. One of the stats they showed uh, last night was you know LeBron was one of the, what, the one of the five guys mm-hmm. to score fifty points in a in an NBA finals in mm-hmm. an NBA finals game mm-hmm. with fifty one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a few notches ahead of him was Jordan with fifty five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So jo- we we have seen Jordan <laughs> do the exact same thing we saw we saw LeBron do last night. This is just the more recent. All
2: right. Uh, well, you know, some <laughs> people think Bronco Nagurski is the best fullback ever. Yeah, Lord have mercy. Yeah, who Bronco, Bronco Negerski. Negerski. Exactly. <laughs> we ain't going there. Yeah,
1: we love, we love who we love. So, True. And I'd like to thank.
2: We have a great crew. Uh, Gary Washburn out at uh, Oakland. Thanks so much, my brother is the NBA writer for the uh, Boston Globe. Um, we got uh, um, Gerard Hector, uh, Otis Harper, and of course the great uh, Jamal Murphy. Uh, hey, thank you guys. This was a great discussion. Uh you were wrong. I was wrong.
3: <laughs> thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bill. It was a great actually, time actually, as to always. Be
2: honest you, I think actually, to be honest, I think it's Kareem. That's so we
4: Kareem. Now we talking.
2: And we could, Yeah, well yeah, we can we can talk all about this later. Hey, thank you guys. Thank you. Uh, you enjoy uh enjoy you know, enjoy game two, and we'll see. And uh NBA, you better be careful.
3: So <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> hey,
2: yeah. Thanks everybody. God bless and we will see you next week.